eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the Ravens beat reporter for that station. And Cordell guessed it. Ravens win, guys, <laughs> 23-20 to the Cleveland Browns. Although it was never pretty because this is the Baltimore Ravens, it's never going to be pretty. <laughs> this is We're far removed from the days when wins were very pretty. And back to the old nitty-gritty days. Um, hilarious of the fact that the uh, 2012 Super Bowl team was there, so they know all about ugly wins. Um, but – they, they do come out with a win against their division opponent. The Ravens are 2-0 and in the division, and they continue to be tied with first, for first place uh, because the Cincinnati Bengals won their game today. So let's start um, with the defense. We'll do something different today, Cordell. You know, the defense, to me, this is the fourth week that I felt like that they've done well. Um, we'll, hear, we'll continue to have these conversations about um, Ravens keep blowing, you know, these double-digit leads going into the fourth quarter, and everybody knows how I feel about that. Um, I think that a lot of that, while it's fine to try to put that on a defense, I think that that's an offensive issue as well. But nonetheless – you know, the defense came in. You had Justin Houston that came back um, and, and made an appearance. Patrick Queen, man, like he has he played so well. And it's funny, Cordell, because I remember not long ago, Coach Harbaugh saying, you know, he just felt like um, Patrick Queen was kind of just overthinking things. And, you know, he wants to be so good 
that maybe, you know, it's he's just over pursuing some things. So it's possible now that he's a little bit more settled and he was out there making plays. I just really thought that this defense had done well. Um, Queen had 11 tackles. Um, I think he had three tackles for loss, a sack. So he really, you know, blossomed in today's game. And it was good to see. It was good to have that pass rush back um, thanks to Justin Houston. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Queen definitely was outstanding today, and he's been good, I think, these last few weeks of the season. And I've tried to, you know, I've tried to be optimistic when we talk about Patrick Queen because I think sometimes he gets over-criticized. I definitely think it is warranted sometimes, but I don't think, like I said, I don't think he's been as bad as people think, and I think he's starting to kind of come into his own, you hope at least. Um, He's starting to make, uh, these these types of these big plays on, on more of a consistent basis now he completely dominated a, a, a drive by himself back-to-back tackles for loss on Kareem Hunt uh, like you said team high 11 tackles today he gets a sack one of the five sacks on the day for the defense and he's kind of you talk about this pass rush Patrick Queen is a big part of the pass rush he and Justin Houston right now they lead the charge when you talk about the pass rush on this defense Patrick Queen is a great blitzer he plays great when he's able to get into the other team's backfield and credit to Mike McDonald he's putting him in those types of situations to to flash what he does best yeah in uh, on more of a consistent basis so definitely impressed with what I saw from Patrick Queen out there um defensively as a whole, I, I thought that the game really changed once David and Joku was got injured and was no longer in the game. Yeah. Um, he was, it, it was as if they did not want to guard this dude. He was <laughs> every play. And I, I just couldn't understand it. Seven catches on seven targets, 71 yards ends up leaving the game with the ankle injury, I believe, and not returning. So that, I think that was a, a, a big boost uh, of help for this Ravens defense because they were having some big time issues with him in the passing games. Now, is that to say that they still wouldn't have won the game? I don't know. It's definitely a close game. Who knows? Uh, But I give the Ravens credit. I thought that they did a pretty decent job in the run game. Nick Chubb got some, he was pretty good all throughout the game. It's not the Ravens fault that the Browns want to go away from Nick Chubb. That's not, that's not on the Ravens. That's that's what the Browns want to do. But they did a Ravens a favor there. I think definitely by going away from Nick Chubb because he was he was pretty consistently getting three to five yards, if not more. He averaged all, close to six yards a carry uh, throughout the game, 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Uh, but overall, five sacks on the day, you force a couple of turnovers. You know, you don't really let the 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 Browns do too much. You know, they, I mean, they Brissett throws for a little over 258 yards. You'll live with that. He didn't throw a touchdown. The running game was good, but not dominant, you know, uh, and the pass game, they made plays in the pass game, but again, it wasn't anything that killed them. I do think Njoko getting, Njoko getting hurt helped, but other than that, I, I really have no complaints about this Ravens defense that's continuing to come around and continuing to show that they're able to get better each week every somebody whoever made plays last week doesn't all isn't always the same guy that makes the plays next week that's the one thing you'd like to see them kind of get those core guys that you can depend on every week but right now guys like Patrick Queen and when he plays Justin Houston they make a huge impact JPP made a nice 
uh, play today as well. So, you know, they've got guys out there that can make plays on any given Sunday, but I think they still have a little more work to do as a unit as far as being consistent. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, is that like, you know, look, the, the, the levels are getting better. Malik Harrison has played um, pretty decent overall. We know Patrick Queen is playing well. Josh Bynes, I don't know how he's still doing it. Josh Bynes was on the Super Bowl team. So he was out there celebrating on the sideline with his former teammates. And then he out there with his new, with his teammates, his current teammates. So look, I think Josh Bond is a little slow, but you know, that's to be expected, right? He's been in this league, you know, more than 10 years. So, you know, it is what it is, right? But ultimately, you know, for for him to be in the position he's in, I I do think that he still plays, you know, really well. He's still out there and goes 100% every single time. Um, I love Marcus Peters. I do. I really love everything he brings to the table from a personality perspective. I love that he loves to play man. I love that he likes to get close to the line. But, man, that was hard watching him today, man. And that's particularly in that fourth quarter, yeah. uh, you know, against Amari Cooper. He got lucky with the um, OPI, the, the offensive pass interference mm-hmm. um, against Amari Cooper. Um, but it was the same play. I mean, literally right. the same play that, that they had going down the sideline. And so the Ravens really caught a break there with the offensive pass interference because if that's the first down, it's very possible that the Browns are going to score not even just a field goal, but possibly a touchdown because from a passing perspective, they weren't in the position of stopping. You know, um, when they needed to stop Amari Cooper, they just – didn't do it. And again, I love Marcus Peters. Maybe he's yeah. missed. Maybe he's missing a step because of his injury, or maybe, maybe Amari Cooper just had the best, you know, was better today or on Sunday, but you know, it was hard watching a guy like Peter. Cause you want Peters to, you, you love what he brings, but that was a struggle watching him at times. Definitely. And I mean, you, I echo everything you said. I'm a huge Marcus Peters fan. Always have been all. I, I love the way he plays the game. Uh, I love his aggressive nature. I love what he brings, what he brings out there from a mental aspect because he, he, br- he carries that for this team. But I think this team, I've said it a couple of times, they carry his identity uh, when they're at their best, this defense specifically. Um, but yeah, uh, Marcus Peters looks like a guy that doesn't, that either can't run right now or doesn't want to run. Um, he, it looks like he guards guys based off of a 10 to 15 yard radius. He's hoping you break, you cut your route off somewhere between that. He's hoping you don't take it deep. He doesn't really want to run with you. And you saw it out there on those, on the Mari Cooper bombs, even on the Donovan's people Jones one uh, that he had the defensive pass interference on. You, you, you could see it. And I think the Browns noticed that. I don't think it was a coincidence that they started taking shots over at Marcus Peters when he was in one-on-one situations. So I would look for that, especially going up against Tampa this week. You know they're going to see it on film, and you know Tom Brady, if he gets uh, Mike Evans, whether it's Russell Gage or uh, Chris Godwin, any of those guys, if if he sees it, he's going to take a couple shots. So the Ravens have got to be ready for that uh, because I do think that kind of got exposed a little bit today. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and listen, you you it sucks because like you said, it look, we were so excited to have Peter and I still am. You know, I do think that Marcus Peters is still a good player. I just think that it, we have to be honest about you know, 
how he, you know, some inconsistencies. You know, last week he had the um, holding or pass interference in the end zone that was clear. Uh, you know, people tried to say, oh, that was ticky-tacky. No, I didn't think so. I think that was the right call. I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious right. that he was, you know, holding the man in the end zone, right? Um, and so then you got today, he was kind of getting lit up and he needed some over-the-top help. But, you know, it, you still need a guy like Peters on your team. Oh, of course. Um, you know, but – I think in situations like these is really when you start missing a guy like a Marcus Williams because of his play. And look, Geno Stone found a way to, to clean it up a little bit. But remember, in the was it the first quarter? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely the first half um, where Mark Cooper had that like 55-yard pass yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You miss guys like Marcus Williams, who yeah. is very, very good with the football in terms of, you know, um, over-the-top help. And – Again, I felt like Geno Stone did a, a pretty good job, you know, of moving forward. But ultimately, you need a guy like Marcus Williams that can help you on either side of the ball. And, and it, it does seem like at times Marcus Peters is probably going to need it, obviously, more than Marlon Humphrey. I mean, you know, he had a knee injury. So, right. you know, there's that. But uh, I think overall, this defense is get, it's just tr- on it's trending up. You and I have said for weeks that we didn't feel like this defense was as bad as, you know, it, it, the, the statistics would like to tell you, which is why I'm not a huge fan of like when people give me numbers, because sometimes you in football, it's something you, you have to watch the game. You have to see the flow of the game to see how things go, because the numbers aren't going to always tell you the story in which you see in football. And I think that the, that the Ravens defense is a really good example of one of those types of things. So, you know, you you hope to get a guy like Tyus Bowser back as well. That's another linebacker that you will be getting that could potentially mm-hmm. um, help with the pass rush. I just really feel like that this off this excuse me, this defense is really in a position to really be good. And and do we know how long Marcus Williams is out, by the way? I know it's a significant amount of time, but does that mean more than the four weeks or like we're done until the end of the season. I, well, Hobbs said that he expects him to be back. He did say he didn't expect it to be season ending. So him going on IR does give them the four weeks. Uh, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, I, I got to check and see if he has to go off of that 21 window, 21 day window as well, considering he didn't start the year on IR. I don't know exactly off the top of my head how that works. Um, but Harbs did say he expects Marcus Williams back at some point this year. And that'll help uh, for sure. Absolutely. Because I, I agree. They need they need that guy uh, over the top to kind of, I don't want to say bail them out, but they just need that safety net back there that can kind of cover a lot of ground and make plays on the ball. And I think Peters is the guy that he needs that right now. Um, and specifically talking about that Amari Cooper play that you mentioned on the deep ball earlier in the game. Uh, I got to look back at the play. I'm ready. I really want to see it on all 22 to see what went on there because I saw Marlon kind of release him, but I don't know if Marlon did that based off of assignment or based off of a hunch that he saw uh, on what's going on. So I want to kind. I want to look at that play and see what what it was that he saw and what whatever it was that he was maybe supposed to do because uh, I don't. It, it, it is very possible and very, probably very likely that he was in t- he was supposed to pass him off because it looks like that could have been the case, but it also looks like he could have stuck with him uh, if if possible. So I do want to look at that. Uh, but other than that, like I said, this defense, I thought, did a pretty good job uh, overall. Owe 
um, wasn't necessarily the greatest day for always. <sighs> we are out. waiting for the Oway yeah. uh, coming out know. party, it feels like. And it feels like we've just been doing this since maybe week two of last year when he had the fumble at the end of the Chiefs game to kind of end it all. And then after that, it's just kind of like, how does Justin Houston come back? Yes, I'm clapping over here. Yes, Cordell. And, and people, <laughs> that means the mean I'm clapping. I'm clapping. How does Justin Houston miss three weeks, come back, and get a sack before you? I need answers. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if Owe can provide one right now. It, I don't I don't know if exactly what the one thing I don't think there is just one thing as to why he's not work, you know, turning out to be what people expect him to be. And every time I say that last statement, like it's always not who we thought he was, I gotta remind myself this is a guy that had zero sacks his last year in college. Like, should we be surprised? Literally said this on the post-game show, Cordell, that you know, Micah Parsons was the guy. He was the guy and mm -hmm. away was the guy that was, he was the guy that was adding pressure, but, but Parsons was the guy that was, you know, the one getting the sacks in college. Right. So this is really not a different um, realm for him, but I think that the ideal was that he was eventually going to become a guy that was going to be this pass rusher that was, you know, nasty because of the yeah. pressures and because how close he had gotten to quarterbacks in college. But you're not wrong. Like, he's literally done this since, you know, Penn State. So yeah. what's, you know, is it us? Are we the ones that's that's, that's just oh, – are we – We're waiting on something that's not going to happen and never and hasn't happened. Right. You know, I, I, I think it's I think it's a us problem. I think we, as – the media as fans as the Ravens the front all everybody I think we need to accept that this is who this guy is because this is this is literally who he's always been yeah and you got to just take it for what it is and if it's that way okay oh Ajabo God knows has to work out because <laughs> you don't have that guy in no way Houston's that guy right now, and 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 it's not like Houston's that guy at a Pro Bowl level. He's that guy for what you need right now. Whenever Ajabo gets back out there, hopefully he's this premium pass rusher that we all expect him to be. Because, man, I, I don't know how how much you how much longer you can continue to just rely on it being this total team effort that it is right now, and that's great, but. You you definitely need more, I think, in the uh, in the pass rushing department. Well, I mean, look, the Ravens uh, got him in the first round, so he has a fifth year option. So look, he, right. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. It's very possible that he's a late bloomer. You know what I mean? And so we'll see because the Ravens have had late bloomers before. I think Tyus Bowser is a guy that I would consider to be a late bloomer and really started stepping up um, the final year of his rookie contract and has been consistent ever since. But ultimately, you know, he just has to be better and 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 find ways to you know not just hurry the quarterback, not, you know, not just go after the quarterback, but finish it, close the deal, get a sack, you know, good for him for picking up the fumble um, that Calais Campbell had created, but you right. know, we, we just need a little bit more from away. And, and, and there's time because of the first round and this is only his second year, but look, after a while, you know, by year three, people start using the B word, right? Yeah. So like, 
I mean, they they might be using it now, quite yeah, frankly. I'm about to say you we already know that that word been out. <laughs> so, you know, you you really gotta do something here and, and, and from that regard. And so I, I hopefully he can find a way to to really get involved in this defense, who seems to be, like I said earlier, trending up um from this point out, and then still getting guys coming back. Because if a jabo comes and if he comes in and starts making an impact immediately, man, look. <laughs> It's not about to be pretty. That's all I know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, before we get to the next topic, just make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast where we talk all Ravens everything. So every time that there's a new podcast, you'll be the first one to get it. So let's switch to offense, Cordell. Uh, Another dismal effort by the offense. And um, at the end of the day, uh, they won the football game and great. You know, an ugly win is an ugly win. At the end of the day, it's still a win. And you have to just take it from what it is for what it is. However, this is the the fourth week in a row that this offense has just looked lethargic, just hasn't really looked like themselves. Lamar has not looked like himself. And he had another um, very mediocre uh, outing nine for 16 and a a little bit over a hundred yards. Excuse me, 120 yards, 80.2 passer rating, no touchdowns, you know, no interceptions, three sacks. And, you know, the look, the Browns defense did a really good job of getting pressure all day long. Um, and that was definitely a thing. Um, and so I understand that they could that they that the Ravens had to do the best that they did than their ability. Um, the run game, obviously, is something that really worked because the Browns are not really that great in run defense. And the Ravens exposed that as they should have. So that was really good to see Gus Edwards back. He averaged four point one yards per carry. It was really great seeing Gus back into the fold. But my concern really is just how this this, this offense from a passing perspective. One week we see Duvernay. One week we don't see Duvernay. You know, once again, Lamar is, fine, is not, you know, checking down to guys that are available because he's still you know looking down the field even though you don't have the the personnel to look down the field or the guys or guys that are open to do that and I just do not know oh and oh oh oh, I'm not taking this away part this part away either Greg Roman situational um play calling he's not doing that well either It, it it really is a combination of things Cordell that I really think is attributing to their um second half uh, you know, lack of, of 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 play really, and I don't know if this can be fixed this season. I think it may be something that has to be addressed in the off season, 
But as of, I mean, listen, it, it's a problem. We really haven't seen Lamar be really good and play really well since week three, and we're at week seven right now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Lamar has not had a MVP Lamar type of game in a while. Um, and I, I think if you're just specifically talking about this game, look, it's great to get a win. Uh, first of all, Gus Edwards looked fantastic. Uh, out there, 16 carries for 66 yards. Uh, first game back, two touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if it if it was known going into this game that he would get 16 carries, but game flow I think that had a little bit of an impact on that, and the fact that he looked better than they thought he might have uh, coming back out there. I think allowed them to feel comfortable giving him the ball. I would have liked to see less Kenyon Drake, 11 carries for five carries. I could do without that. I know Justice Hill had the late fumble, which is inexcusable. Even though it was a good run, turned out to be a terrible ending to that play. It wasn't even that great of a run because it wasn't even going matter because it was a holding call. I mean, yeah, the holding call. The holding call call definitely deflates it even more. Uh, but I, I thought Justice Hill ran the ball really well today outside of that fumble. Um, I would have liked to see more of him and less of Kenyon Drake. Mark Andrews getting a donut on National Tight End Day. Oh just my God. Seems sacrilegious to me. I, I don't I don't know what to really make of that. I know he was hurt coming into the game. And really, I think Lamar is really dealing with that hip issue. I, Lamar looked really stiff to me today. I didn't really see Lamar want to take any super deep shots. And I will say, I think a lot of these guys were covered down the field. Not many guys are breaking open, but you know, Lamar doesn't want to take the underneath stuff, which can be there uh, at times. And that's to his own detriment. He he held the ball a little bit longer today. And look, he looked good when he ran the ball. um, But I just feel like he was reluctant to, to, to really throw the ball. I think that had a lot to do with the 16 uh, attempts only. And, I think also the fact that the Browns stink as a rush defense right now yeah. and the Ravens felt good about their running attack, especially getting Gus back, also played a part. But, yeah, I, I just feel like that this is the type of team that the Ravens are. And when you – I mean, they're going to have those splash games, I still think. I think we're still going to see the Lamar that we saw at the early part of the season again at some point. I think we're going to see this Ravens offense put up some – explode for big points here and there. But on a regular basis, I really wouldn't be surprised if this is the type of team that we see, a team that just scratches and claws their way to a win sometimes or even sometimes falls short in a defeat. I agree. And my thing is this. You you said everything that, to me, would attribute to a shorter passing game, a shorter a shorter passing scheme and a shorter passing game. Because not like not necessarily not necessarily that like, oh, you know, Roman was like putting up short and passing um, schemes like the whole game. But, you know, like when you have a situation like there was two sacks that he uh, – I think that he that, that he really did not have to take. One in one play particularly, uh, I think they came out the half. I think this is the one when they came out the half and had the three um, pass plays uh, consecutive. And Gus Edwards is sitting there, just sitting there, open for a first down. And he just doesn't look at him at all. Like – if you're dealing with a hip injury and the defense is attacking you with blitzes, I'm trying to understand what you're holding the ball for. Wouldn't that be even more reason to find ways to get rid of the ball? So I need somebody to explain to me, number one, why 
Darren weren't more plays called that way to neutralize the defense. Number two, why Lamar isn't even thinking about looking those way for uh, to, to try to get the ball out. What is it that's making you continue to hold this ball if you know that you're not 100%? It makes no sense to me, and I would love somebody to explain it to me. And also, that is how all, you, you can move the ball down the field. You can live to see another down. If these guys are rushing at you and, and your offensive line isn't having the, having the best day, get the ball out. Yeah. I don't care if you're hurt or not. Get it out. Find your fullback. Find your running back. Get the ball to them. And then they started doing it, started doing short passes, I think, with DuVernay, like, in the second half. And then they were working. And I was just kind of like, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. I'm living (laughs) in the twilight zone because the things you should have been did or you should continue to do, they weren't doing. No. Drives me crazy. No, they they really weren't doing – the, the past game is just ugly. There's no way around it. The, yes. the past game is hideous. Uh, yes. We, we, we big and, you know, we all wanted Rashad Bateman to get back out there. And I thought Bateman looked good outside of that one drop uh, that he had, but you know, the, the, the impact that these receivers have on the game is very minimal. It's very minimal. And, and a game where Mark Andrews gives you no catches you don't get anybody else to really step up and and kind of fill that void. None of the receivers step up. None of the, you know, Isaiah likely doesn't have a breakout game. It's just this this passing game is truly a concern. Uh, I, I don't know what will necessarily fix it. I do think that they could use more creativity. But I also think that they just don't have the guys that can really get open on a consistent basis yep. and make the types of plays that you you would like them to make. Um, I did like the Lamar toss, the the toss to Lamar. That was, the that was, down? Yeah, yeah, that, was, that was super creative, you know, way to, way to go Greg Roman pulling that one out the, out the vault. Um, I would have loved a little more of the Duvernay stuff, uh, yep. especially in the red zone where they struggled today. Yep. You know, had to settle for some field goals in the red zone yep. on the first two red zone visits. I would have liked to see some Duvernay action in there. I think that's I think they sell themselves short, not using that type of stuff in the red zone. We finally got a quarterback design running the red zone in this game. That was great, but I would have liked to see more of the Duvernay stuff. I, I'm just not satisfied with getting it one week and then not seeing it again for a couple of weeks. I completely agree. I just don't understand the logic behind it. Nobody can explain it. And to me, that says a lot about how Greg Roman handles situational um, play calling. I think that Greg Roman has good concepts. I think that Greg Roman has good schemes. I do. I am not on the Greg Roman sucks bandwagon in that regard, because I do think that he is a very creative um, offensive coordinator. What I have a problem with is that Greg Roman does not translate that to the football games in which he's playing. So once the scripts, you know, everybody knows there's about 15 to 20 plays that that's scripted. And then after that, you go with the flow of the game. And I just think that after those scripts, he's just, it's, it, I don't know. He, he, he's just not seeing what's going on or something. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why the Ravens, when they feel like that they're not, they need a rhythm boost, that they're not playing up tempo, which Lamar does really well at. I don't know why they're, you know, 
not adding guys like a Duvernay that really is a good football player and why you're not finding ways to get Andrews involved, you know, because you're lacking situational awareness. I have no idea why he is not good at that, but it's just something that he's not good at. And as a result, then you add the lack of execution of which, you know, is on the field. And sometimes it's just really a mess. It really can be a mess at times. And look, 16 passes. I'm not mad about the 16 passes because at the end of the day, the Browns defense struggles with run defense. You have to play to the the other team's weakness. And I'm completely cool with that, but I agree with you there. You know, look, when you're getting into the red zone, y'all not, it's just a mess. It's just all over the place. And, and, Where's the structure? Where's, you know, the, the the understanding what's going on and adjustments? Where are those types of things? And I just don't feel like we are getting that from Greg Roman. And then we're not getting the execution from the offense on the field at the same time. I, I don't think it's just one thing going on here. No. I think that there's a, a number of things that's going on. Oh, and then, by the way, sometimes – and then it may be a personnel issue as well. But, you know, hey, that's another – Talk for another day. Well, I mean, it could um, definitely is partial. I've been saying it's a personnel issue for a while now, especially at the receiver position. Uh, but even a look at the offensive line, Morgan Moses got benched in this game. Patrick yep. McCarry took over at the right tackle spot, and Morgan Moses, you know, and I, I, I'm a Morgan Moses fan. I'm, he's a very cool guy, um, but he just hasn't played well this season, and it's been for the last couple of weeks, really. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically that has gotten very noticeably bad over on that right side. So yep. that that was kind of overdue right there. Um, and I do think some of it is just Lamar missing stuff. I saw the play on in the goal line situation, like uh, Mark Andrews runs a little zag, a zig route uh, back to the outside where he's isolated. And Lamar yep. it was on the play where uh, Josh Oliver dropped the touchdown. Mark Andrews was open and I just couldn't, I couldn't believe Lamar didn't go off the snap and look right at Andrews because I'm so used to Andrews being the the main guy on every pass play. But for the one time where he's wide open in the end zone, he did not look over there. And uh, thankfully they ended up getting a touchdown there. Gus ended up scoring on the fourth and goal. Uh, But there was another one later on in the game where Lamar had to kind of take it and run and he missed Josh Oliver in the end zone uh, as well. So, uh, definitely not executing completely, whether it's receivers not getting open, whether it's Lamar not hitting the open guy or completely not seeing the open guy or Greg Roman not making the right play call or this offensive line simply not blocking because pass protection was not good in this game either. I think that's another reason why they kind of wanted to stick with the running game. But this offense has got to get it going. They're going out to Tampa Bay Thursday night. And they're going to play a pissed off Bucks team that hasn't looked good this year either. Yep. Uh, the defense. The one thing is that Bucks defense is usually legit. Didn't look legit against the Panthers. Looked terrible. Of all so teams, man. Panthers. PJ Walker. It looked terrible against the Panthers. Uh, but you know, other than that, uh, they, they they're definitely going to have to wake up going into this short week game against the Bucks because they'll. I, I believe the Bucks will show up ready to play at home. They got to be right. I mean, look, and and the Ravens love to play down to their opponents. So there's that. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised if this is yet another dogfight. But the offense got to figure out a way, man. Like we can't keep putting this on the defense and expecting the defense to hold these leads. You only score three points in the fourth quarter. Once again, not scoring points in the fourth quarter. And so, 
you're not putting teams away because offensively you're becoming stagnant. And again, football is not a hard sport, Cordell. It really is simple. If a defense is 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 blitzing you, get the ball out. Use use your your short passes. Use you know your underneath passes. Do those things to neutralize defenses and make them play honest. Not sure why we're doing oh and running the football of course because they're not good in run um, defense. But I, I'm not understanding why we're doing anything else. Yeah. Why are we trying to have step you know five and seven step drops back when you don't have time to do that? No. Make it make sense to me. And it wasn't even like they were coming up the A gaps to Cordell. Like, yes, they were doing a lot of stunt blitzing. But my thing is, is like they were coming right at you, not necessarily even coming outside that much. So I, I, I just don't understand why we're doing this thing. Like, you know, I was always told the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting oh, it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, to quote, to quote the great <laughs> Marlon Humphrey. Right. <laughs> so my thing is, is that when are you going to say, okay, maybe doing those um, dropbacks and, and and that type of defense when they're rushing like that and my offensive line isn't playing well isn't a good idea. When is number one, Greg Roman going to implement more in an intermediate um, and and you know passes over the middle and and routes outside? And then when that happens, when is Lamar going to actually? step up and and throw those balls to those guys because both things gotta happen yeah this this offense i think is under a lot of pressure it's been a lot of question marks about this offense even coming into the season even to this point in the season and you know obviously it's a big year for lamar we've talked about how big of a year it is for greg roman and yep. you know i think i heard you mention it on the post game show and i agree i i think this is probably the last ride for greg roman i do think he's peaked in yep. this offense 2019 clearly was the peak for them and it was a great peak no doubt with no doubt about it a year that turned out to kind of be wasted uh once they got to the playoffs but it is what it is you you it's run its course and i just i just think it's become so stale and the creativity juices aren't flowing specifically in the red zone like we mentioned like in the red zone, you look at some of these teams, you look at the teams like the Chiefs, they get into the red zone. That's when their most creative plays are called. I just yep. don't think that the Re the Ravens have those type of things in their playbook right now. I agree. And and something has to give. Like, you know, this is not 2012. It was great to have the 2012 team there because we know that they made changes mid-season. They, they fired Cam Cameron, brought in Jim Caldwell. But the makeup of that team was completely different also and then also the 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 past uh of that team was different also so you know I don't know what the Ravens need to do it, it is very well maybe time to say after the season Greg thank you for your services but you know we've we've reached you know the the highest that we can with this offense at this point and find ways to move along so we'll see you know as the Ravens continue <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast or no? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get all the news on all Ravens everything. All right, so Ravens win, even though it's some, it feels like it a, it, if, I don't know if it feels, it, it doesn't it feel like a, a loss. A loss. It has a feel of a loss because it was, was it too it was it's dare I say it too ugly for Ravens fans because like I said like <laughs> you're used to winning ugly games. I mean this is what this team has historically done. 
But was yep. today just like unbearably ugly? Was it? I think. I think what happens is is when you have a guy like Lamar, you think that those days are behind you because mm-hmm. of how dynamic he is. And I think that you, when you still are going through those things, you're like, um, so uh, what is the what is the part that we don't have to do this anymore? Going to right. be a thing, you right. know what I mean? So that's what I, I that's what I think um, is the is what's going on. But look, I, I don't know. You know, I, I do think it's partially that, and I also think the fact that there were no big plays made today. None. At least on the, especially on the offensive end, there were no big plays in this game. Mark Andrews didn't have a catch. He's usually the big guy that him or Lamar are one of the guys making the big play. Lamar didn't pop off his vintage 50, 60 yard runs. Mark Andrews didn't have his nine to 11 catches. It just seemed just somehow they got to the winner's circle. I don't know how they did it, but they got there. And I, I blame uh Ian Rappaport for that tweet about Mark Andrews only need like one more 100 yard game to like be the Ravens leader or whatever yeah you tweeted that before you know the game started and so we call that a media jinx yeah so uh I blame him for that for that happening (laughs) I gotta blame somebody so I'm gonna blame him for that or national titans day of all days it was just pretty crazy all right so uh pats on the helmet Pats on the hat, you know, who if, if you had to give a game ball to somebody, um, who will it be? We'll start with you, Cordell. All right. Uh, not a lot to give, I think, other than units. I think there's some units that we could give game balls to. But I'm, I'm going to go with the – I'll start off with the obvious one, um, or one of the obvious ones, I should say. Uh, Gus Edwards. I think yeah. Gus Edwards definitely gets a game ball, two touchdowns in his first game back. I think Gus looked like Gus to me out there with still room to grow, you know, yeah. still, still, still a ways to go before he gets back to saying that he's his usual self. But man, I mean, I, I, he looked really good in this game and he's just so consistent when on a team that's looking for consistency right now, he is a consistent piece that they have. Uh, it's clear that he was, I asked John Harbaugh even after the game about, Gus Edwards's run style and how that is a benefit, how that uh, benefits these guys when they're trying to close out games and how much of an impact did they have not having him in some of the games that they weren't able to close out. I think they really miss having a running back like Gus that can do the things that he does, continue to go forward, continue to get five yards a pop. It's that's not a, as you see, that's not a guarantee from any back that you get back there. So, Gus Edwards uh, definitely gets a game ball for me. I completely agree. Um, another one, again, is Patrick Queen. I already gave you his stats, but if you didn't hear him, you know, again, 11 tackles, um, three tackles for loss, one sack, really, you know, stepped up today and just really looked comfortable. And it was really good to see uh, him play at that level because you've been you, – you, you and I feel like he's had it in him. He just, you know – just waiting for it to come out. So hopefully mm-hmm. this is the beginning of, you know, a, a lot of things to come uh, when it comes to Patrick Queen. So I'm going to give mine, one of mine to Patrick Queen. Yeah, definitely a good one there. I'm going to stick on the linebacking group. I'm going to give one of Malik Harrison. 
Okay. Uh, Malik Harrison gets the the game. Guess we could call it the game winning block on the field goal block, and I just think that that's something that is kind of built up for him. Um, I think Malik Harrison has quietly had a, a pretty good season for himself individually. He's another one drafted in the same draft as Patrick Queen. These two guys were thought to be the, you know, the middle of this defense for the future, and they haven't necessarily as a as a duo turned out to be that to this point but I think Malik Harrison is def- is quietly having a good year and I think him getting that block in this game uh kind of symbolized the, the the quiet year that he's having because he just turned out to make the play that they needed in the probably the most crucial moment of the game absolutely uh, agree um <laughs> I feel like we have to continue to stick with the defensive side yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, look, Justin Houston. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Justin Houston, Calais Campbell. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them two together. Those two guys, um, really, you know, listen, uh, great play. Calais Campbell. Where, where would we be without Calais Campbell? Good mm-hmm. lord, I don't even want to find out. Um, so there's that. But uh, yeah, Justin Houston, you know, coming back in and getting his sack and uh, Calais Campbell with the uh, turnover, the fumble that led to the Ravens uh, scoring a touchdown later on that game, which obviously helped them go ahead and and win that football game. But, you know, each week they continue to get better. And I just like I just enjoy watching them, you know, come together. Uh, so I, I'm going to shout those two guys out because I really feel like that they that they really you know did some great things today. Uh, <laughs> do we have anybody else on offense? I don't know. I mean, I I could I, I'm a I'm a reach. I'm a reach for one right now, and I don't I don't want. I'm not going to give them a game ball, but I'll give them an honorable mention, and I'll give it to Kyle Hamilton because I thought Kyle Hamilton quietly was pretty good in this game. He had a sack he, on a really nice blitz uh, that him and I think Geno Stone were in on that play. Uh, really nice blitz by them. I saw Kyle Hamilton might make a nice tackle on special teams. You know, he looked like a guy, he looked like he was where he was supposed to be today, which is a step in the right direction that he didn't look lost on defense, that he wasn't in the wrong spots. I'm going, you know, I'm I'm going to give him an honorable mention. I'm not going to give him a game ball, but an honorable mention for Kyle Hamilton for simply looking like he knew what he was doing out there. <laughs> oh wow, how the the floor is so low, but you know, hey, sometimes it is what it is. And ugly wins, you got to do it like that sometimes. Yeah, I'm so. trying to be positive. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be positive. Yes, I know. So, so you know, next week they play the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I hate saying next week because it's literally four days away in the same right. week. Um, yeah. So, uh, Cordell and I will be back on Wednesday to talk. I guess that's going to be the preview. I, yeah, I guess I, it'll be a, a, a mix. I guess a preview. Well. I mean, literally, literally, the game is on Thursday. Like, how else are we going to talk about it? So, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess Wednesday is the preview of the Bucks. Uh, Bucks lose handedly 
uh, to the Panthers and PJ Walker. And uh, so, like you already mentioned, Cordell, the Bucks are probably not going to be thrilled. Um, and they're at home. Uh, so, it, it will be an interesting matchup to talk about. So, I am excited to, to have that conversation with you. And any other news that comes out between now and then we'll talk about as well so thank you everyone for joining us uh, on our preview excuse me on our overview of the browns ravens game from cordell to me this is winning grind